and welcome to Time for the Soul. My name is Sharon Kugler, and I'm the Yale University chaplain. And today our guest is my friend Risa Nelson. And Risa is the Director of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility for the University Library and Collection. Risa and I first met when she first came to Yale as an assistant dean in Yale College and the then director of the African American Cultural Center. And have been friends ever since. I don't know how many years now? Since 2015. Yeah. Almost eight. Yeah. Almost eight years now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we have laughed loud and long and hard together, which has been really wonderful through some challenging times in our mm-hmm. world and on campus. And one of the things that has always stuck with me as I've watched you both up close and from afar as you do the work that you do and you do it with such beauty and intelligence and grace. And oh, my just, goodness. Thank you. <laughs> thank is you. Is there's also this f- sense of focus. Oh, thank you. And I've watched you, whether it's presiding at a large group or we're welcoming, I'm remembering welcoming people for MLK. Uh, celebrations in Battelle Chapel, Black graduation, or even just you on a panel. And it's focus that has stuck out for me. And that's what I wrote by your name when I put you down as my wish list to come Mm -hmm. and have this conversation. And I wondered if you would talk with me a little bit about that, that what that means, what's at the root of that for you? Does that resonate for you in looking at your work as a call? Mm. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, gosh. I think I, I don't know if I've ever thought of it like that. Um, probably because internally I feel like I'm focused on everything. I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a really detail, annoyingly so, detail-oriented person. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot going on in my head at any given moment. And I think um, perhaps I'm projecting a certain calm and focus so that others also stay calm Mm -hmm. and focused. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've always had a a certainty about my calling and about, um, you know, a sense of purpose and and why I'm here and how I want to serve and the experience that I want people to have with me um, and kind of the the experience that we can co-create together. and so I think because while the, the perhaps feeling of my purpose or how it, uh, how it plays out in my life has changed over the decades, um, I think it still remained kind of at its core the same. And so there's, there's – um, maybe that's where it comes from. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, that is that's maybe the first time I've heard that, Sharon. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, I was thinking it came to me – that came actually from a memory of of a, a woman who came up to you and was thanking you for being a source of inspiration and support to her. When we were over mm. at a program at the law school, I can't remember oh, the particulars, yeah, yeah. but I, mm-hmm. I remember the mm-hmm. feeling. Mm-hmm. And then also just sort of bearing witness to you during times of confrontational moments on campus where there was a great deal of unrest and distress that students had about particular racial incidents and how to talk about it and to elevate the conversation to be heard. You had a focus about you that was absolutely lucid. 
you know? And I knew, just knowing you and being your friend, that, of course, there were a lot of emotions involved and, and, and heartache in it all. But when you wanted to bring a sense of calm and direction to a group, you were there. You were yeah. able to do it. Thank you. Thank you for that. I think, I think um, when I think about my work, and, you know, I was, I, I was mentioning purpose and mm-hmm. calling, I think it is very um, service-oriented but mission-driven. And um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty goals-oriented person for, for myself. I try to be at least, especially even more so these days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when you're in a crisis or when things are just kind of the, you know, the storm is all around you and you're just going through it, um, being able to focus on what you know is right and true and um, what you're called to do, why you're there, is is grounding. And so maybe I was just tapping into that. Kind oh, of I don't doubt it. I don't mm-hmm. doubt it. And also, you know, you are a mother. You have a mm-hmm. teenage son. Mm-hmm. And you don't have a choice but to be focused. <laughs> that is right. That is right. And you stepped into, I mean, your role at the library and collections is new. It's an inaugural yeah. role, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So you stepped into a certain level of expectation of what that ought to be. Mm-hmm. But I suspect you also had some notion in your own mind of what it should be. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because when I when I even applied for that role, I was thinking I was reflecting back on all of the all of the positions I've held in my career. I've been in um, higher education administration and really diversity, equity, inclusion work um, in some form or another for more than half of my life now, which is wild to think. (laughs) And I think almost every role that I've been in and there have been multiple um, has either been an inaugural position, it's been in a reorganized or revamped office or a completely new office. And so I think a lot of times I'll I'll um, walk into it with the people that I am working with and the people also that I'm serving to say, what do we want this to be? What should this look like? What should it feel like? Um, and so in that sense, and I always rewrite the mission or at the very least, update it. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we review it together. I, I remember in my most recent position, um, it took us two years to go over that. Um, and we did it. You know, I, I know folks were a little frustrated with how long it was taking, but I felt the language was, was um, needed to be modernized mm-hmm. and um, true to what we were doing um, for those years that I was there while still maintaining the spirit that the founders of the house, which is the Afro-American Cultural Center, um, maintaining that spirit and that, that vision um, and, and the goals that they had, you know, remaining true to that. Um, yeah, so I think it's, it's always been very mission-driven and focused on, on that and, and uh, focused on the experience that we want to have, um, the process, the journey, not just the end goal, but all of it really kind of matters. How is this feeling? And then, you know, what can we, what fun can we have together? What can we produce together? Um, what can we build together? 
Yeah, that's the thing that just struck me now. I had not, I knew you had been in higher education for most, if not all, of your career, but I hadn't thought about the kinds of positions you were in where what was needed to, there was a level of gestation involved in, yeah. in many ways of sort of growing this new thing and, and creating it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a call within that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I, and I, I, I'm definitely not an artistic person. I do think I'm a creative person. I think it's a lot of fun, I think, um, to, to take these kinds of, whether it's responding to different social issues, social needs, or personal or academic needs and interests, to be able to, to respond to them um, and to, to kind of design a whole program, you know, the, the kind of structure around all of that to support all of that, I just think is really fun. <laughs> and, and you can get creative and, and innovative. And I think about the beginning <laughs> of my, my time at Yale, it was, um, it, was, it was pretty tough. And I think still, I think ultimately we'll look back on it to see the impact that we made as a, as a full community um, and I mean students, faculty, administrators, staff, um, community members, alumni, the, the institution overall. I, I, I truly believe that we'll see that impact and feel that impact and that it will have made a change in larger higher education in America and maybe even the world. And I said that then, um, and I know that probably sounded a little... <laughs> Because there was a moment of like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, that, what is it, Buffalo Springfield song, there's something happening here. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. it was like September, and I was like, I'm feeling something. What is going on? These yeah. rumblings. And I think um, we were able, so many of us were able to, in our own positions, from, from wherever we sat, our own perspectives and vantage points and positions, um, were able to engage in these conversations and create together some different and really innovative responses to this. And I think, I hope, it'll be seen as kind of a disruptive innovation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I know you, you're referring to the fall of 2015 when there were in the spring and yeah, of 2016. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a time. It was a time. But I loved that you also talked about fun because I do know that that's something that stuck with me mm-hmm. that even in the midst of you know some really tough truth-telling and brave truth-telling mm-hmm. especially on the part of many students who maybe hadn't had that moment in their life right. at that point and didn't think they had the voice or yeah. the space yeah. yeah but I think to have adult figures around that also said yeah and now we'll dance <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll dance. And I do, I, I really do remember that. And I think, you know, I hadn't thought of this when I first attached the word focus to, mm. <laughs> to, your, to your name when I made my wish list of guests. But one of the memories that comes back to me is, you know, allowing for chaos <laughs> uh-huh. around you <laughs> mm-hmm. and a certain grace that just resided in that and was comfortable that there's chaos, but there's also purpose here. Mm. Hmm. And so that's what I kind of want to leave you with is that observation and also, you know, what do you do to take care of yourself to keep that focus? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm taking much better care of myself these days. That's for Good. sure. There's a, there's a lot more balance in my life now. Um, and it's funny because I, I wrote 
down just yesterday. I wrote um, discipline, organization, and focus. This is a really a really busy time in my month for a lot mm-hmm. of different reasons. And those were the, the themes that I, I needed to hold on to, I want to hold on to as I go through these different events and initiatives that I'm launching. Um, and so how I'm taking care of myself is is reminding myself that the work will continue tomorrow mm-hmm. and the day after that. And it won't all be done today. And it can't be. I am one person. And it's also not going to be perfect. You know, I always joke with people that I'm a recovering perfectionist. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's really um, – I love when I can, like, wrap things up with a nice bow and say, there, I've done it. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure I'll ever have that sense of – completion and, and, you know, perfection and and all, but I'm at least striving more towards balance. Yeah, I think that's a wise thing. And I I would also add to your list, fun. (laughs) I'm having a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah. May you continue to have fun and dance. Thank you. Thank you for being with me today on Time for for the Soul, Risa. It was wonderful to talk with you. Always. Time for the Soul is produced by Ryan McAvoy, created by Sharon Kugler, Maytal Satiel, and Sean Mignon. Our music is by J.P. Durvin. This has been a production of the Yale Broadcast Studio.